Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we're back. back. Yeah. Oh, oh, we jinx. Oh. oh. Nah, oh. not close enough together. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a week. I feel like, I don't know, I, f- I think I just haven't been getting enough sleep this week, so... I feel kind of like drifty and floaty. So apologies if I'm not as on my game as usual. Did you meet your big deadline? Uh, Sort of. um, Like, it was more that we discovered that the big deadline is kind of mostly soft deadline because it's like, oh, Oh. actually, it's kind of mid next week that's the deadline, or mid next month that's the deadline. Um, So you just have to, like, prolong your... uh... We're just going to uh, keep working on it. I mean, you know, like yeah. there's always more to do. Yeah. We are in a state where um, there's there's no longer anything missing from the game. There's no longer any sequences where we have to be like, oh, and pretend that this thing happens here. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but there's still like one or two scenes that are, are kind of missing, like a little bit of cleanup that like I would be embarrassed to show to the public at this point. Um, That's fair. So... Yeah. Some people who know a little bit more about that area of the game are going to fix those things. I made, like, first draft versions, and I'm like, I don't know how to do any of the post-processing stuff here. Please help. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I'm moving on to, like, fixing up other chapters. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's still exciting. You're you're on your way to still working on it some more, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, games are, like most art, games are a never-ending process that at some point they pry it out of your hands and give it to yeah. the public. Basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. I it's good. I played, a, I played another Nikki Case game yesterday, um, which is funny. I was talking to a friend, and we both, like, independently recommended Nikki Case games to each other without realizing that they were both Nikki Case. Mm-hmm. Um, that... So, for, I was going to say, for those who don't remember, that's the person who did Adventures with Anxiety. Okay, yeah. Um, the one where you play as the anxiety. Um, so, that's the game nice. I was recommending. And someone was like, oh, you should play this game, uh, The Evolution of Trust. Uh, which is like about sort of game theory and why like people are assholes to each other. And I'm <laughs> like, okay. And I checked it out and it was cute and informative as I would expect from a Nikki Case game. Wow, they've made a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, there's That's I, I interesting because game theory is so hard to make like to explain and make interesting because there's a pretty high Barrier of, en- barrier of entrance to get into the fun stuff. It's nice because it's like it's game theory combined with like evolutionary algorithms in a way that's like illustrating a point by having you just kind of play around with some systems, um, which is cool. Uh, it's it's like it's sort of like a little interactive, like not exactly textbook, but a, a lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is like Nikki Case's whole thing for the most part. Yeah, Evolution of Trust. Pretty good game. I recommend it. Nice. I guess that's I'll have to be... play more of that person's like dozen other games. Yeah, that, that, that could be an entire episode. 
of this. Uh, we could do <laughs> we could do a Nikki Case showcase, um, and just play a bunch of Nikki Case games uh, for one of our sessions. That's I mean that wouldn't be a bad thing. Most of them are only about like half an hour long to play. So yeah. Hmm. That <sighs> in the hopper. Yeah. I I tried to delete some stuff from the hopper, so. Let's add at the bottom. Make Nikki some case showcase genre small educational games. That sounds way worse than it actually is. It's free. <laughs> uh, Thirty minutes each. Yeah, the hopper. Let's do another Simbini game. If this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like the peek behind the curtain. The hopper is our Google Drive or our uh, Google Sheets where we put our ever-growing list of games that we want to play for the podcast. Uh, it's got, like, almost 60, like, want-to-play games on it at the moment. The list only ever gets bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No matter how many games we play, the list only ever grows. It's time for a cleanup. There's yeah. a lot of stuff on there that I don't... I, like, I have never heard of, but I assume other people... Uh, added so like I leave it I, I guess we, we can clean up it, are the games that we definitely added ourselves yeah. if we feel like we no longer want to do yeah, them I think like, if we added them ourselves and if we like if we just want to veto them that's fine because we have too many games anyway Yeah, yeah. I, I only deleted a couple that I knew that I had added but then there were some <laughs> that like did I add that? Who? I don't remember who added that like I think I color coding them to see who added them as well. But, well, we can add a column that's like you know recommended by or <laughs> added yeah. by. This is all of the work that goes into uh, making a, a, a great podcast. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. Like I'm pretty sure I put Chime on there, which like I enjoy Chime and people can play Chime. But in retrospect. I don't know if we actually would have anything meaningful to say about Chime. It's like a fun rhythm, not even rhythm game. It's a fun, like, visual spatial puzzle game. Um, but that's about, like, all there is to say about it. Yeah. <clears throat> actually would make so... a, a good thing in reference to the game we're talking about today in that it's, like, games that are not strictly rhythm games, but are still very dependent on, like, music and being attuned to the rhythm of the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. Other thing that happened this week that we can talk about, uh, Awesome Games Done Quick ran and uh, had, like, over $3 million for charity. Oh, nice. Some, nice. some good that. highlights. I recommend... <laughs> um, Every fucking year, sorry to swear, they make uh, they they find new crazier ways to play Super Punch Out. Um, this, this year, they did two people playing on one controller, both blindfolded. Oh boy! <laughs> that that like, sounds um, like you would get punched in real life. Like eventually, they're gonna have to run out of stupid new ways to play this game. Uh, yeah. And then it's time to quit playing Punch-Out! <laughs> it's just, there's just so much. But yeah, there was, um, uh, that was good. There was, the, as usual, the awful games block has been hilarious. Huck and I are still working our way through it. 
Um, there was a Zelda randomizer, a, a Link to the Past specifically, that they turned on um, crowd control, which is like a Twitch extension oh, no. where the chat gets to like throw things at you. So they can like arbitrarily like add hearts, take away hearts, add rupees, take away rupees, add bombs, take away bombs. They can like give you ice physics for a minute um or like cuckoos attacking you for a minute or one hit ko mode for a minute <laughs> like it's it just really messes up the runner's stride it was pretty entertaining uh, <laughs> huh yeah that sounds like the kind of stuff that would be included in a in a crowd control mode <laughs> just was... anything anything you can do to mess it up some shenanigans they did uh they did a for the first time like a non-speed run just like skill showcase game uh where they had someone come in and play um clone hero which is basically guitar hero but it's like the you know the internet version where anybody can author songs oh. um so they like showed off best of clone hero and that's like an absurd level of play <laughs> yeah Still playing Guitar Hero. Well, some people... There is still a, like, yeah. plastic guitars community out there, apparently. Um, the entire Fallout series as a marathon, as, like, one speedrun was a oh, thing. Oh, God. Oh, boy. That sounds uh, very intense. Uh, that had some, like, super entertaining, uh, like, bugs and exploits in it. Um... I think my favorite my favorite aspect of the bugs in that one was I think it was Fallout 3. Um there's like a sequence in the beginning where you like go through a series of cutscenes where you're like you start as a little little kid and then you're getting like older and older and it's like a couple different birthdays. Um and it's supposed to continue until you're an adult. Uh but they escape the starting area as like a 16-year-old. Um, and so they're stuck as a 16-year-old for the entire playthrough of the game, which means they get random, uh, like, child-flagged voice lines periodically as they're playing. Huh. There's just, like, a kid voice going like, hmm, I guess it was nothing, or something, like, as <laughs> just periodically throughout. Huh. That was pretty great. Um, yeah, I'm still going through tons of the VODs, but... If uh, if you are not familiar with Games Done Quick, twitch.tv slash games done quick, it is a good time. Yeah, I'm looking through the VODs now. I checked out the like the 3D Zeldas because uh, in the speedrunning Zelda community, it 2019 has been known as the year of Zelda. Really? Because there's so much stupid stuff has happened. Interesting. Yeah, I remember so them saying something about like every three Zelda new... game is completely broken up. Yeah, I remember someone saying something along the lines of like new new glitches had been discovered. I'll have to look into that in more detail. That sounds highly entertaining. Oh, weird, huh? I wonder. Well, no, that wouldn't. Huh. Anyway, I watched. Uh, I watched a bit of the Skyward Sword one, and the... I know this is common to actually a couple of the three D Zeldas, but. There's def there's a glitch where you end up playing uh, portions of the game um, on the like animation behind the main menu, 
So like the main menu buttons are just in the center of the screen for much of it while you're playing. Because you've like incorrectly loaded like a map with real gameplay stuff uh, as the animation behind that menu instead of the animation it's supposed to do. Huh. Man. Um, so that's hilarious. Just the, sh- the shit that you can see when you watch a speedrun. It's amazing. Wind Waker was also a freaking great run because yeah. they, and the the um the person who ran I think it was Linkus this year uh running Wind Waker had some really good just explanations as they were going along um of like basically a lot of the stuff they do in there is specifically based on corrupting a certain amount of memory um uh, like or you know like putting it on hold basically so that certain parts of the game can't load properly which includes oh, things like yeah. barriers that they're supposed that's supposed to be blocking their way huh it's so amazing that that game is even functional at that state <laughs> right yeah. because they're like balancing it so they load in just the right stuff they need uh, just enough to complete the game <laughs> but like not enough to actually stop them from uh, from progressing through things Hmm. It's really crazy. <laughs> Looking for that one. I can look for it later. <laughs> um, met the bonus incentive to um, to play the Animorphs game again, which had famously failed to run completely through, I think, at a previous GDQ. <laughs> because <laughs> so much of it is just RNG-dependent. <clears throat> Um, it's a, it's like a really weird Pokemon knockoff. Oh, I don't even know branded, anything about this. That's, that's branded with amazing. Animorphs. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's an Animorphs branded Pokemon knockoff that, like, watching them play, it looks like it actually was, a, like, pretty faithful to the books in certain ways. Like, there were a lot of deep cut references where I'm like, wow. I would not have expected that to be in a game that's this dumb. I'm just looking at a screenshot, and it's <laughs> Orkbashir versus Coyote. Yeah. There, oh are, uh, there are a couple different Animorphs games, but it sounds like you are looking at the correct one. I, I would hope so. If it looks like a screenshot from Pokemon, but with a Orkbashir and a Coyote, then you're looking at the correct one. Yeah. Oh man, that, 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 that Orkbashir art. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, GDQ, go go look up the VODs, folks. Once you're done listening to the podcast, listen to the podcast first. Ah. Look up the VODs first. I would say you can do both, but I, I would not be able to. <laughs> uh Carl, you mentioned you were picking up a your first Pokemon game. Is that correct? Not my first. Okay. I played Yellow obsessively as a kid. Uh, and then I played Pokemon Crystal as an adult. But that's all my Pokemon knowledge. Okay. Yeah, I kind of feel like... I maybe, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I don't know if it is or not. But I feel like all Pokemon games are kind of the same game. 
um, at least along the main franchise line, you know, not including like the Pokemon Ranger and Mystery Dungeons and what, you know, Snap and whatnot. Um, so I feel like if you've played Crystal, you haven't really missed much in like the past decade of Pokemon games. <laughs> the animations so, are better. The art is better. Like the, the visuals are better. <laughs> There's a few quality of life improvements, but. One of the reasons I'm actually doing this, and this is such a bad reason for picking up a game is because i've been playing video game music quiz like a maniac <laughs> and i need like a reference point in the pokemon series <laughs> i mean fair enough fair enough does that just do like research does that just like you listen to uh it like plays a clip of music and you have to say what game it's from or how does that work yeah like I would be very bad at that. My game so knowledge I, I have, does not have the breadth that should. I have really low recall, so I'll hear something and be like, "Oh God, I know what that is," but I don't know what it's called. Oh shit! And it just happens to be all the time. It's really bad. So it's, music memory is a is a tricky thing. Um, there are times it's funny. There are times I'll hear pop songs from like the 90s and i will get like very specific flashbacks to like lying in bed with my game boy and playing a specific zelda level because i was oh. listening to that music at the time oh it's just like a really really detailed sense memory i'm trying to think if i have any like the only <laughs> the only like weird association that i can think of with a video game is <laughs> the time that uh so I, I was with my mom and we had gone to the mall and my mom bought me uh, one of the Harvest Moon games, like one of the older Game Boy ones. And as we were driving home, uh, we almost like super close to got in getting into a car wreck. Uh, and that's what I associate with Harvest Moon is almost getting into oh, a no. car wreck. <laughs> that's a bad. I, I still love Harvest Moon though, so... Take well, from that what you will. At least it hasn't ruined your appreciation of the game, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have any games that have, like, really negatively associated memories like that. What are some other ones? Uh, I remember playing Eternal Sonata when I was extremely ill. And just <laughs> all pumped full of cold medicine. Um... <laughs> Surprise, Eternal Sonata, also one of my favorite games that has completely been forgotten. I don't know if it's been completely forgotten. I well, at least recognize the name, which is more than for, I do yeah, with a lot of games from that era. Forgotten in the sense that it has never been ported um, oh, to yeah, like, that's more fair. modern, which is really disappointing because it's a great game. It should game. get a reboot. Yeah, and it's it's really expensive to buy like uh, original copies now some as it for um, yeah so but, uh, yeah. what what platform was it for it was it was on the 360 and then it later got ported to the ps3 which so that's those... not even that old that's well, like yeah, but, a, a console generation ago but yeah but they just didn't print a lot of them like even even not long after it was out like the the ps3 version was super expensive because i guess they didn't print very many of those at all so you know what 
I own it. Still, I would I would love. Girl, I that, have that it somewhere, and I don't know where don't, it is. I don't own an Xbox. Oh no! <laughs> but I own the game. Yeah, I I have it somewhere, and I've gone through all of my old stuff. Um, or at least as much of my old stuff as I could find, and I have not been able to find my copy of it. So, God damn, get that game is slow though. Yeah, I guess. I just, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a fucking bonkers concept. Like a game that takes place in Frederick Chopin's fever dreams while he's dying of tuberculosis. It's amazing. So, uh, yeah, uh, Eternal Sonata, check it out. Speaking of games that are musical fever dreams? Yeah, good, mm, good, good segue. segue. <laughs> yeah, you, you got them. Not going to get better than that. Uh, really not. We played Sayonara Wild Hearts, um, which is a recent game from Annapurna. Um, <laughs> that, the, the publisher that we worship so much, apparently, um, by Simogo. Which is a Swedish company, yeah. and uh, it it is a game. Um, it's <laughs> I said this last time when I was introducing it. It's a game that's very difficult to talk about it, it, because, to some extent, just describing what it is in very literal terms does not very well describe the experience of playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I've actually played it, you're super correct about it um it's so i'm gonna i'm gonna make up a new genre name because this is not the first time i've seen a game from like of this style it's very different but um i'm gonna call it a rail racer because it's sort of like a rail shooter in that your movements are kind of pre-planned you don't you your forward motion is out of your control, but you do have side-to-side motion. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a little bit like an infinite runner, but it's not infinite. It's along a very, like, predefined track. So it's, like, that's not quite the right genre name. Uh, And it's not quite a racing game because, like, you never really get ahead or behind anyone. (laughs) Um, So Rail Racer, that's that's the genre name I'm proposing. I yes, I agree. You get my vote. Yeah. I can accept that. So it is it is a rail racer plus rhythm prompt. So if you've ever played like um audio surf, that was kind of like a procedural rail racer where it like took tracks of music that you had and like generated a path. But this is a very, very heavily authored game. Um we're gonna spoil it, I guess, but it's not the sort of game where like spoilers matter that much <laughs> because it's, yeah, no. it's all very much about the experience of playing it yep and so, queen latifah's in it yeah queen latifah's the narrator um for some reason for some reason it's a uh so the story there's a sort of two stories that are both one story it's the story of a a girl who's like had a big breakup and like getting over her heartbreak and it's also the story of the three goddesses of the tarot uh and have like a peaceful kingdom until one day like the death arcana 
uh, enters and starts messing things up. So they need to choose a a hero to give the power of the fool arcana uh, to like come in and defeat the evil cards and bring peace back to the tarot. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what the fuck happened. <laughs> I mean, like in ter- in terms of story. Yeah, desire. Like, like I I got the setup, and the whole like tarot like, you know why they were using tarot cards and what they're supposed to represent. But other than that, it's like, cool. I gotta fight fight some bike friends now. And that's yeah, it's more. I of thought framework. I was in a, like, I was fighting bike gangs. Yeah, it's it's really more of a framework than what I would strictly call a narrative. <laughs> like the 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 levels are broken up. They it's it takes place in a series of like one to three minute levels, um, and the levels are broken up into sequences based on the tarot group that you are fighting at the moment. And each group involves like you pursue the tarot cards for a little bit. Um, and then eventually you have kind of like a boss fight level against them. Um, and then at the end you confront death. And once you've defeated death, you like, uh, there's some kind of reconciliation thing that goes on at the end where like all the tarot are also sort of a metaphor for parts of yourself maybe, or in some way represent parts of yourself that you are like, learning to reintegrate into yourself i guess um, yeah but you I give mean, them I, you give them smooches is the point yeah. at the end you give them smooches i mean that's that's really the thing that i that i always sort of come back to when there's a game with tarot cards in it uh not so much where the water tastes like wine because the tarot cards were barely relevant um but in in this case it's like none of none of the cards are explicitly bad like even the death card is not explicitly bad i think the only one that i could think of off the top of my head that's mostly bad is like the tower um but even that not not really and i mean like they one of the one of the evil quote-unquote tarot cards that you fight is the lovers so like you know it's not necessarily that they are as you say bad guys and that kind of like again in the end you do sort of yeah like bring harmony slash recon- reconcile in some way at mm-hmm. least it seems i don't know yeah, Listen, like I, I, they I all become a giant the they all become you you smooch them and they become a giant crystal dragon that you ride into yeah. a heart <laughs> like it's yeah this game is bonkers yeah but yeah i can i can buy into the idea of like confronting your own negative emotions and uh, i don't know turning them into something po- positive i'm just fighting bike yeah, <laughs> dance, you, dance battle, and, and you do some motorcycle chase dance battles, or and or motorcycle uh, standing on a motorcycle sword fights happen as well. Yeah, or uh, your your motorcycle gets a gun and you shoot a giant uh, robotic three headed wolf as you chase it through a forest. Mm-hmm. That, as you do. That, that moment when the giant wolf robot appears was basically like the moment I knew like this is like a top tier game for me. Yeah, this game has a lot of moments that made me audibly say, "Oh shit," <laughs> yeah. as I was playing it. So, yeah, 
It has a lot of oh shit what moments. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, what was the other one? The when you get the sword and the sword just keeps getting bigger. And is that the one with the twins? Yeah. The, so yeah, with the the stereo lovers, you yeah. yeah. First, first they have uh, swords, and you have a sword, and you're doing sword fights, and then they combine their sword, and it turns into a an enormous sword, and then this giant sword turns into a jet, and yes. then your sword also turns into a jet, and then you chase their jet and jump on it, and then you beat them up. Yeah. <laughs> Game it's, sounds it's a like a three year old. <laughs> just like narrating cool things yeah or like uh like six-year-old like little kids playing games like like oh you're dead i shot you no i have a bullet bullet deflecting armor well my my bullets uh aren't affected by your bullet deflecting armor yeah well i also have a force field yeah well like that kind of thing (laughs) yeah um so yeah, so the the groups, the the sets of stages. The first one um, is the Dancing Devils, uh, which is like a fifties question mark motorcycle gang. They've got like you know Rosie the Riveter style like handkerchiefs uh, that are just super cute. Um, I, we should say that like the main character is specified as female. Everyone else is probably female they're like sort of indeterminately gendered but feminine leaning i guess yeah um death death in the first form looks like uh like a a young male child but in the later form looks kind of like a sexy librarian so who knows um so the uh (laughs) so the first the first section is the dancing devils which is the most explicitly just a biker gang i guess um the, although they do have the power to shoot fireballs at you uh then is uh so that's the devil arcana then is the moon arcana uh which is the howling moon gang uh which they turn into wolf robots and then eventually they combine to form a giant three-headed wolf robot uh, with there's four of them. Three of them are the wolf heads, and one of them is is has the machine gun on top. Um, and then comes the stereo lovers, which are one person that you then split into two people, uh, who are like anime sword twins. Um, that that I feel like that sequence is definitely the most anime sequence. Uh, the stereo lovers of the of the set. Um, is that also the one where they like do the dimension shift thing? Yes, parallel okay, universes. Yeah. Yes. God, that level is bonkers. We we yeah. can get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is the hermit, uh, which is Hermit sixty four, who is just a like a tech person who turns you into a games cartridge and like loads you onto their VR goggles, and then you do a bunch of like VR stuff. You also get like a a big old drifting Cadillac. Um, I don't know if it's Cadillac, but a big old wide square car that you can drift in in that in the first part of that sequence. Um, yeah. I'm so sad that that car didn't show up in more places. No, it's in like one level. It takes a while to get used to because it is so freaking heavy uh, as you're like drifting it around the the thing. But it's a good level. Yeah, I it, want it, an entire game like that. <laughs> It took me a minute to realize that you got points for drifting, and uh, that's a great mechanic that that 
I definitely, I agree, Carl. I would love a, a, a whole game that's just yeah. that. In this game, they're pretty good about, like, you just get points for everything that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you get points for narrowly dodging stuff. You get points mm -hmm. for, like, being right on track. You get points for drifting in the drifting sections. You get points for, like, spinning around in the spinny sections. Um, so let's, so then you, so you defeat the hermit, you get out of the virtual reality section, and then you fight death in this, like, electric city, um, and then there's, like, the, the, all the arcana form, like, a pentagram, um, and you have to, uh, they steal your power of the fool, and it's sort of like the, the fool becomes part of I don't know, like the 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 pentagram and the fool like merge into this crystal version of you, and then you like chase like all the boss fights through their different sections and like regain your powers of the fool, and you give them all kisses in order to claim them. Yep. And then you uh overcome your heartbreak, I guess. Yeah. So I'm glad you're here explaining the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, it's it's. I'm trying to explain the levels more than the story. Um, but yeah, it's. It, like I said, this is a hard game to talk about. I mean, it's, it's essentially a set of different mini games that all play kind of like a space shooter. Yeah, it's it's a shooter racer rhythm game through some very psychedelic dreamlike sequences i'm really impressed by how much um like the every time they introduce a new mechanic you can pick it up quickly enough to not like entirely throw off your groove and then like as you play it more and more you kind of get into like the, the, there's some good mixing it up as they go through some yeah. are easier than others I mean, and, uh, uh, yeah it helps that the like the the controls for those are very very basic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much everything is you move with uh, the analog stick and you perform an action with one button, and pretty much nothing else is required of you for the entire game. So yeah. it's 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 quick to react to, and it has to be because it comes up pretty fast uh, when it comes up. Um, there's also yeah, and, and um, like some sections that are just not so great. I don't know. There there are a couple that I didn't care for, but like nothing overstays its welcome. You know that in the next three to five minutes you're going to be done with it, and it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll we'll we should definitely get into like favorite and least favorite levels. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So then um, before each sequence of like chasing the boss. Um, there's, I forget what they're called, like the Heartbreak Highways or something like that. There are these, like, little tunnel sequences, um, which are, like, they do vary them up a little bit. They're more self-similar than a lot of the other levels. Um, but they're, I don't know, they're, like, marked as travel points. They're usually much higher paced, like, faster paced, uh, than the main levels. Um, and that kind of, like, are, serves as your transition between one and the other. Um, there's yeah, also those are the sections that I didn't like. Yeah, those those tended to be the least interesting to me, just because um, I don't know, like they were the least thematically interesting. They were just sort of generic uh, and abstract. Yeah, I. It's they one of those things where there's finicky. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they're also very fast and difficult. 
Yeah, I think my biggest issue with them is that there's not really any scenery. Like you're just in sort of this like trippy looking space tunnel and not having any scenery makes <laughs> makes it really hard for me to like do depth perception. Uh, and I ended up having more trouble with those when they got more difficult than the rest of the game, just because I'm like, ah, I don't know where this thing is. I can't, I can't quite tell. Like, and there's, they do try and kind of vary it a little bit as it goes along. Like, um, I think the third one, the one right before the, the lovers is the tower where they have you actually like climbing up a space and then, yeah. uh, in the hermit one there's like a teleportation mechanic where the sides of the screen wrap so you can like go off one side and uh, appear on the other and you have to do that to avoid certain obstacles um and mm -hmm. then the the final one before death is like a boat mission for the first half you're like sailing on the ocean that one's very yeah. different yeah i think i like the boat one the most honestly I probably like the tower one. I think. The tower one is um, really cool. Yeah. Although the boat is cool too. Um, and then like peripheral to the the sort of um, main and yeah. So uh, I guess first let's talk about the mechanics within those levels, and then I'll talk about mechanics outside the levels. Um, mechanics in the levels include the racing, which we mentioned. Um, there's like a rhythm game section where there will be a button prompt that you have to hit at the right time. Um, there's a mashing section where when you're like doing a punch, you have a limited amount of time to just like hit as many as you can. Um, they introduce some guns that you use. You don't actually have to fire the gun. It just auto fires continuously. Um, so use that to take down wolf robots. Uh, what else is in there? There's a bow and arrow, I guess. There's the bow and arrow. Um, there's... Well, there's the whole uh, like VR game section, which part of that is similar, like ra like rail racing. You know, you're moving forward, and part of it is just a top-down shooter. Uh, yeah, they do go into like 2D shooter stuff sometimes, mm -hmm. like like 2D scrolly sections uh, in a couple places. Um, there's some freeform flight sections as well, where the controls get super floaty and yeah. like really difficult to maneuver. Um, I played the Switch version, by the way. I don't know uh, what yeah, other so people I. played. Um, I've heard... I also played a, the Switch version. A I friend of mine PC. mentioned... Sorry? I played on PC. With controller or mouse and keyboard? Controller. Okay. A friend mentioned that apparently he found it much easier on mouse and keyboard than oh. he does with the Switch controls. So, I don't know. Um, maybe you can do like more fine adjustments. Uh, you know what I found hard? Hmm. The flying sec sections, they don't have a setting for invert control. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is Fair. true. That was kind of annoying. That that seems like uh, an oversight. Um, I mean, it is a it is a pretty small game, but yeah, that's sort yeah, of Yeah, but the, it's also one of the easiest things you can do to True. fix it <laughs> yeah like that seems like that that should be a thing that's in there um although i feel like maybe the tra transitions to those segments like identifying when you are starting and stopping that control switch might be kind of a problem because everything is so like fluidly merged into each other 
Uh, but fair, like that is a that is a common control thing for a lot of people. Uh, the the main thing, your main goal in uh, in these levels is to collect hearts. There's a lot of like little tiny hearts that give you little scores. Um, there's and then there's like a few like bigger hearts that give you a big score and usually like a little boost forward. Um, and then there are square coins, which there's like a certain number of them hidden in each level, and they give you like extra big points. And there's also like a goal to collect uh, all of them in each level. And the the goals, I guess, is as a segue. Um, there's a, an achievement system in this game that's sort of interesting, uh, which are called zodiac riddles. Um, so there's two different sets of zodiac signs, and there's like an A side and a B side of the zodiac, and each one has like a little riddle about what you need to do to unlock it. Uh, some of which are more obvious than others, um, and if you can like figure out what it's trying to tell you to do, then you can go and get yourself the achievement. That's good that you mentioned that, because I had no idea what that was for. Yeah, <laughs> so I understand, like, playing to the aesthetics, but you need to get the information across clearly. About what the, uh, you mean about what the achievement is? Yeah, what... I don't know, I kind of think, like, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out for me is, like, sort of part of the fun of like oh oh wait i think i know what this actually is uh and no, then i try I, it and it's and i'm right <laughs> so that i can get but you need to understand first that it is an achievement system oh yeah that's fair yeah which i did not <laughs> congratulations yeah same i i googled it oh <laughs> um yeah no i think if I like figured it out from just like looking at what the riddles were or if I figured it out when I got my first one because I like I had a personal goal of like I need to find all of the uh, little square doohickeys because they're clearly tracking which ones I've found and so my goal is to find them all and when you get them all it pops up like a little like zodiac riddle unlocked with like a picture of those the um, I think it's one of the Taurus ones is the the all squares. Mm -hmm. Oh. Um so the yeah, so they 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 involve things like um the, the, unfortunately the one I can remember is the one of the ones that's like uh the stupidest in phrasing um which is three times goldenly I begin again um which basically means you just have to get gold rank on begin again three times in a row. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then there's there's ones and so yeah the phrasings are always like slightly like off like that um there's one where they talk about like dancing devils um uh it's like uh maybe i should just look up the exact text of some of these sayonara <laughs> wild hearts zodiac riddles um doesn't have the original text it just has like what you're actually supposed to oh, do well that's not helpful i mean it is helpful but not it's for helpful us for, it's, it's helpful for the people who are looking it up i'm sure yeah hmm. I, I have a feeling all of them okay so yeah so finding um 
Taurus A is I find squares in every corner of the world, um, which is the get all the square coins. Um, uh, let's see. Um, a magician made three of my wishes come true where one became two. Can you guess what that one is? Oh, that's the, well, that's something in the lovers. Yeah, so that's in the level where you like split the, the original lover into two lovers. Oh, and you have to do the, um, I, I gave up on a section in that yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. So if you die enough times in a row on a section, the game very kindly offers to let you skip that <laughs> section. And it does this with the magician card. And it's like the magician is, it's like, you know, I will grant your wish. Would you like to skip this section? Um, so if you skip the three, the three sections in that level, you get that achievement. <laughs> Ah, uh, you can also funny. like say never show this again. Yes, you can also like get that prompt to go away. If you do that, you can turn it back on in the options section. Okay. Um, so you can't like lock yourself out of that achievement. Yeah, that would be a big old oversight if you could lock yourself out of it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What are some other? Um. Yeah. There's three. Three are the times goldenly I began again. Um, 20 times I risk my life without failing where a diabolical trinity appear. Um, so diabolical trinity is obviously the dancing devils, um, where they appear would be their first level. And 20 times I risk my life without failing means you have to get 20 riskies, which uh, you do from getting yeah, close to an obstacle, but not actually hitting it, which that one seems, uh... That one seems a lot more difficult than literally really just failing your way yeah. through a level. Yeah, so some of these <laughs> some of these are really simple and easy, and some of them are very hard. <laughs> I do like the risky mechanic in, in basically any game, and I, I know I've seen it in other games that I just cannot recall at the moment, uh, but any time that's a mechanic, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it, I'm doing it. Um, but apparently not 20 times in that one level. I know, right? The, yeah. uh, it's, um, I feel like for me, at least the risky is a great way of making me feel good about doing poorly. Um, <laughs> cause I usually get a risky when I like didn't notice something quickly enough. And then I just only barely managed to react in time. Oh. And yeah. so instead of feeling like, Ooh, like I was like, less on on point there than I should have been. I feel like, ooh, I did a cool stunt by like narrowly avoiding that. Yeah, I guess I mean I guess if you avoided it though you you didn't do that poorly, so yeah, but like ideally I should have been probably somewhere in the center at that point or somewhere far away, further away from the risky thing. Um, I don't know. Sometimes there's a whole true. lot of stuff. Yeah. Sometimes there's a yeah. whole lot of stuff lying at you. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's really hard to see what's going on. A lot of the times. There's the, well, yes and no. It is definitely very like chaotic and there's a lot of just things. Um, but I felt like for what the game is and for how like insanely colored the game is, they actually do a pretty good job of differentiating like where you're supposed to be and what will and will not kill you and things like that. Basically yeah, I mean... anything that's not a heart will kill you. So that's not hard. Yeah, I think I think the most trouble I had with that, honestly, apart from like the 
the last couple of areas that just get really, really fast was actually in the, the top-down VR section, just because it's so low contrast when you're sort of plugged into that little screen. And it didn't help that I was playing it, like, on, on the Switch undocked. Which, with with the brightness not turned all the way up, so maybe that's more of my fault than anything else. <laughs> but still... I don't know. know if I I don't know if I had issues with the contrast, but like yeah, especially that like first person VR level, the like Reverie or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um that one is tough to get used to. It's on the other hand, they do slow it way, way down in that whole chapter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was thankful for that. After you, I don't know if it's after you complete all the levels, uh, or if you have to like find all of the uh, square coins for it. But um, eventually, you unlock um, the album arcade mode, which lets you just play all of the songs continuously as like one hour long experience, which uh, I, think I find really after fun. After you beat the game, I feel like that popped up when okay. I when I when I got through the game. Yeah. Yeah, so after so. you after you beat the last level for the first time. Um and then I I haven't done this yet, but apparently if you get gold on every one, you get this yeah. super arcade. Yeah, which is the same thing except that it's permadeath. Um so if you run into any obstacles the the run ends. Ugh. So there's a sort of a thing that is not made very clear. It's like hard to notice um about how the scoring works in the game. Um, because when you die, it's actually like pretty seamless about restarting you at the beginning of the checkpoint. Checkpoints are pretty forgiving forgiving, and you just like, you know, you jump back in and you go. Except what they don't tell you, and it, I, I was looking at the score and I'm like, oh, it doesn't seem like they subtract subtract from my score when I die. Um, so I guess you're not really punished for dying. But that's not actually true. Because what happens nope. when you die is your combo ends. Um, so as you collect hearts, each successive thing you collect is worth more points. Um, and when you die, that resets to the starting value. So pretty yeah. much the only way to get the gold score on any of these is to not die during the level. Yeah, the combo is way more important than the score. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't really communicate that at all. Not like there wouldn't really be a good place for them to communicate that. It's not a game that like really goes in for tutorials in any kind of way. Um, so I like I understand why they didn't say anything, uh, but it's it's a thing you could miss very easily. Yeah, I mean they do pop up the number you get. It's it's there for you to discover if you're paying close enough attention. I just but, clearly wasn't. Like, I was yeah. focused on the, there's, there's I was a focused lot on of... wolf robots. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and looking straight at character might not be what you want to do. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's like... It's not that it's completely unimportant information, but it's usually not the most vital thing that you need to be looking at on the screen at any given point. Because it's not going to affect whether you get the next thing or whether you've crashed into the thing. Like, you don't generally spend a lot of time looking at your score. Yeah. 
do you know like classic bronze silver gold rank you can also get no rank if you're really shitty enough on a level and you can also get a wild heart rank oh interesting what is that i've never heard of that after you beat the uh, super arcade you unlock wild heart ranks which is extremely difficult you pretty much need to play all level perfectly i have not done I this even know have you unlocked uh, the super arcade i've not unlocked the super arcade i haven't played the super arcade okay um yeah i have not unlocked the super arcade yet uh i'd like man getting through some of those levels without dying seems like real hard <laughs> Especially for some of the, especially the boss fight levels tend to be much longer than the average levels. Like, you know, every level will be like one minute and then the boss fight level will be like three minutes. Um, so going through that entire thing and like never hitting any obstacles seems really tough. Yeah, People that's not it, something so. I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not necessarily what I'm looking for in the way I play the game. Like, I might end up doing it just to have an excuse to continue playing, so I feel like I have a goal. Um, but that's, that's sort of like, you know, perfecting the run is not really what I'm, in, what I'm into about the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is a nice, like, optional addition, though. For, like you said, if you want to keep playing and you would also like to have a goal while you're playing it. It's it's very much a game that the reason I do like this game and the reason that I, I keep going back to it is it's a very flow state game. Um, it's because everything in it is like set to the music. Um, it's if you you can really like lose yourself into the feeling of it and sort of stop thinking consciously in a way that I really enjoy in certain types of games. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote down it's like an action movie kind of is yeah you pretty much you just play along and and just freakier and freakier things just keep happening um and you're like i don't i don't even know what's going on right now but i'm into it let's go yeah it it's very much like tron light cycle uh aesthetic but it's motorcycles and you dance battle Yeah, I, I resorted to, when I first played the game, I resorted to trying to describe it on Twitter via, like, a series of increasingly stupid metaphors. Um, like, this game is, that. yeah, this game is what happens when magical girls throw a rave. Or, like, this game is how blacklight posters reproduce. <laughs> uh, because, like, the norm, normal descriptions didn't feel adequate to me in describing the feeling of the experience. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk uh, individual levels, like highs, lows, <laughs> favorites, areas that made you want to snap your controller. Uh, well, I, I already sort of alluded to it, but the the part in the lovers section where they do the, I don't know, what what it, what is it called? Parallel universes. Parallel universe. I keep wanting to say like dimensional shift. Which is, I guess, That's basically the, same the mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that I think that was my favorite part, and that was my my number one oh shit moment. Because so it describe, wasn't just... describe what happens in that level for the listeners. Oh yeah, so they, you are um, riding your motorcycle through this sort of hazardous course, and every time 
uh, one of the, the lovers like snaps their fingers, the level changes and they, they keep snapping rhythmically. So the, the, the environment is changing on the beat and you have to navigate around uh, or you have to plan on navigating around obstacles that are not currently visible, but will be visible to you when you are in a position where, yeah, yeah, when you're in a position where they can fuck you up. Uh, And then eventually, eventually, weird things to your brain. Yeah, eventually you also join them. So there are three like iterations of the world to keep track of. It's, it's left, it's less difficult than it sounds when you describe it. Uh, it's it's hard to wrap your brain around like the first time. Yes. The first time I had a lot of trouble with it, but once you kind of it the level is laid out in a very, you know, like flow sort of way that once mm-hmm. you get the like, oh, if I just snake through this section, then like I, I'm pretty much on target, you know, like once you get down some general patterns, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, like generally if you if you endeavor to collect the hearts on the course, you will also avoid most of the obstacles. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how that's how I planned it. Yeah, like so I. I had it's such a cool level, but I had such a hard time with it, like getting because like your reactions kind of screw with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. You and, to... But, but uh, like if you just tell yourself, just follow the hearts. Yeah, yeah. I I read a review of this game that specifically called out that level and said like this level really sucks if you try and think your way through it. You absolutely have to just feel it. If you think it, you're gonna screw yourself over. If you feel it, you get in the groove and then you beat it no problem. Yeah, that is kind of how a lot of this game is. Yeah, um, I like that level a lot. I also really love the boss fight level with the giant cyber wolf. Like, yeah, that's just that level is just bonkers. The first time there's and because the because everything's set to the music um, and the there's a beat drop in this one. It's not exactly dubstep, but there is like a significant beat drop and the giant wolf robot drops into the scene on the beat drop. And it's just it was so funny. The first time I played it, I'm like, this is insane. What is going on? I love it so much. That's what should happen every time the beat drops in any song. Just a giant three-headed wolf robot. Yep. We're good. Um, that one's great. The the fucking giant sword level where the swords turn into jets is pretty good. In general, all the boss fight levels are really good. I even like Begin Again a lot, even though it is very long uh, and a little self-similar. Uh, I think yeah. maybe just because I really like that song, I think just listening to the music on that one is fun for me. It is a good song. Um, I feel like I feel like I did myself a disservice by not playing this game docked uh, and turning on uh, our our pretty decent speaker system. Oh yeah, were you at least wearing headphones? I'm gonna. Yeah, but I don't know. I might do that later today. Yeah. It's, boyfriend it's is definitely boyfriend is traveling for work right now, so I can I can do whatever I want. You can turn ah. it up as loud as you like. Uh, yeah, no. After after I had played this game a couple times, I like found the soundtrack on Spotify, and like one day at work, I pretty much just the entire day just listened to the soundtrack on repeat. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good that's a good call. The soundtrack really is not my type of music but i really liked the like uh, when they threw in the like 
classical music bits. Yeah, the first yeah. one is like a Claire de Lune remix, which is kind of cool. Yeah. They did that and they did some other rest. I think you might be right. I think maybe in the um in the hermit section, possibly. I don't know. Maybe um, but yes, it's uh I can I could see this like not being everyone's cup of tea music wise. I don't know how to describe the genre. I think the the article I was reading described it as like dream pop, which I, I don't I don't know if that's a real genre or just a description of the game, but yeah, I don't know if it's a real genre either, but eh, you can go with it. That's fine. No. It works. Um, yeah, but it's because it's such a music-based game, like I feel like you're reaction to the music will have a large will largely color your reaction to the game overall um so if it's if it's like a genre that you very much hate musically then i think you will not get along well with this game but it is what it is that's that's a risk you take when you do a music based game mm-hmm. um all right other other highlights and valleys so I feel like there is an objectively worst level in this game. Um, maybe, we'll see if you guys agree with me or not, but it's Forest Dub, which is the the one, is that the, one the wonky like that's, one. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's before the wolves. Is that the first one? It's like the second that? one in the forest. I think it's after the stag ride, but before the wolves, and okay. it's the one where the the like the the whole like the whole track like pulses in time with the wubs and like back and forth it's kind of like a drug trip thing because the idea is there's like oh like, yeah you're in the yeah, forest I remember and that one. like yeah this it's like hazy and there's like mushrooms and you're like bouncing off of them like that one mario kart <laughs> level yeah so i'm gonna say i really like that one um it, it, it like, makes it me was... kind of nauseous is the thing okay it wasn't the most fun mechanically but the effects are really cool. Yeah. It's it's conceptually cool, but like it gives me like headaches and nausea when I like wa- even watching other people play it. Yeah, that's fair. I had I had sort of forgotten about that one, so I I, I guess if I forgot about it, it's not necessarily like a high point. <laughs> um Yeah, and as you were saying earlier, Kelso, I think some of the like the heartbreak tunnels are like just kind of generic-y which makes them less interesting yeah um but i mean it's got a lot of high points for not that many low points i feel like at least in my experience with it and it's got a lot of high points for what honestly is not even a whole lot of game it takes an hour to play through the entire thing yeah (laughs) it's pretty short yeah um, and obviously, you know, there's replayability in that, like, you can go back to find all the coins and to do all the Zodiac riddles and to, like, gold every level and do the album arcades and then wild hearts every level. And, you know, like, there's more to do with it if you want to. Um, yeah. But if you just want to experience the game once, it's like an hour. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those games where there is exactly as much game as you want there to be. I mean, I could, like, see a, a music pack being yeah. released. Yeah. That would be Excellent. worthwhile. I would fucking play that. I would download that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I really loved this game. If we hadn't uh like 
if we had played it like right when it came out and it was still in the uh, 2019 section, it would have definitely been on my contenders for my like best games of 2019. Well, um, just I I love games that just like for 2020. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I love games that just like pick a like a mood or a tone and aesthetic and then just go as hard as they can for that thing yeah and this this game does that absolutely yeah you gotta you gotta commit to the bit and boy howdy did they um i don't know is there is there more to say about the art style um i feel like i like we haven't talked about it much and it it is also a thing that's like difficult to describe yeah it's i mean it's fairly like you've got your fairly low poly models and um a pretty limited color palette like self-contained to levels i know the the lovers is a lot more orangey than the rest of the game um yeah i don't know it's, i guess it's, it's surprising <laughs> for given how limited they they like the the limited box they put themselves in visually in terms of like sort of the low poly and the the color scheme it is kind of impressive how visually distinct they managed to make each section yeah it only really gets uh like fuzzy kind of mostly later on when there's just so much shit on the screen um but even then it's not that much of a problem yeah i mean they don't do much with like models and textures and they try they do like do a shit ton with just visual effects yeah i'm looking through like one of the the dancing devil boss fights and uh, just going frame by frame and seeing everything change color like every single frame <laughs> it's all pulsing yeah, it's, all the time it's yeah a lot a lot of like heavy uh heavy lifting done by like lighting and it's it's yeah is neon really the right i guess neon is is the color scheme um yeah yeah i can agree with that you've got primarily dark environments with lots of highly saturated colors sort of concentrated in specific areas. Like yeah, maximally saturated in a yeah. lot of cases. Yeah. And it's a that's... lot of like pinks and blues, mm -hmm. um, like very like neon sign type. Uh, yeah. No, no color in this is a half-ass color. <laughs> it is all a whole-ass color. Yeah. Yeah. Actually... Are they using like pure colors? It uh like I'm looking at the score, the score counter, and that might be for sure. Like for all their effects, I mean. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm afraid to like bring up a YouTube video or anything because I don't want to because I yeah. don't want to accidentally have sound come up. Uh. Which I don't think is a problem now that we're on Discord, but I still don't want to risk it. So oh, fair enough. I I love that I Google Sayonara Wild Hearts in the image search, and like the first picture that comes up is three people standing on motorcycles with swords. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. I love this game so much. Also, looking oh. at screenshots, they they do a really uh a really good 
like ambient perspective thing where instead of instead of things in the distance being desaturated they are more saturated which is uh something that i didn't like consciously notice when i was playing it but now that i'm looking at it that's really cool which i guess uh, works if you're constantly moving forward like it gives you that focal point yeah is it stuff in the like background or is it stuff that you're focusing on uh mostly just the backgrounds Okay. Is what I'm looking at. Where as things get closer, they turn, they sort of like melt into shadow, and pass you. I don't know. That's gonna be a... almost like a vignetting effect, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's gonna be I... a pain in the ass to have to like be able to deal with all the visual effects of this game. Yeah. Yeah, they worked hard on it. Clearly, um, I'm looking at the one screenshot from the uh the one of the dancing devils levels that has that vignetting and it makes it look i don't know if this is sort of what they were going for but it really makes it look like the headlight of your motorcycle is illuminating things as they get close so that oh, yeah. things like behind the motorcycle and things in the distance have a sort of darkness to them like they're not in the headlight and then everything in a cone in front of you is like more in focus because it's more lit yeah that makes sense Wow, looking now that I look at screenshots, like they actually do this a lot consistently. Yeah. Um, like the thing that you're supposed to be focused on is like the in in significantly more saturated color, which is a great trick because this is a game where what you're focusing on on the screen at any given point is really important. I I am currently now wondering how this game plays if you're colorblind. <laughs> oh. My guess is not great. Well, I, the thing is, the the contrast is so high, and the like the f way the colors flash on and off that I bet you could yeah. still do it. I bet yeah, it might would still work, and even in like black and white, if you had to. Um, I would be, I would be really interested to see this game in black and white. Just I have I have a a colorblind friend, a red green colorblind friend. I can put him on it and then so, like okay. see what see how he deals. Yeah. For yeah. what it's worth, this is a great game to play with friends. I took this to, I took my Switch to our New Year's Eve party, and we just like each level, you would just hand the controllers off to the left. Um, and it's a great game for that because, you know, everybody gets the general gist of what's going on really easily. And even though it does kind of get harder, you can still like pick up something like a level in the middle and feel like you did an okay job. Yeah. Oh, God, I won't make a like co-op game based around the driving section of this game <laughs> where you just like cruise around you could have one person controlling the front wheels and one person controlling the back wheels like one of those little shriner cars <laughs> i was gonna or, ask know, how, would two the cars. how would the co-op in that even work i you guess you could cars. do like a Oh, okay. You could also do a motorcycle with a sidecar, where like one person is is controlling the weapon and the other is controlling the driving at any given point, and you can like swap. I don't want what car. Oh, drift uh, battle. <laughs> yeah, just the just the big old square car. Uh, <laughs> big old square car drifting co-op. That's your game. Um something else i was going to say about the oh i wanted to bring up um unless anybody has any like last less stuff to say about the visuals before i switch topics uh no 
they are yes, red. But no. uh, you can you can if you if you look at any screenshot from Sayonara Wild Hearts, I feel like you get a pretty good idea of the general tone of Sayonara Wild Hearts. So I recommend looking up screen caps. Um, but anyway, I was going to segue to just I feel like I should shout out Sarah Bryn um, because this is this was just sort of a a, a little thing that came up in. Um, like looking into stuff about this game uh i i hesitate to call it like a a scandal um because as as scandals in game dev go it's like super super minor um but I, which i mean you know that's a the bar for scandals in game dev is yeah <laughs> um but uh basically there was a there was a girl who did a lot of incidental work on the game because she was dating uh, one of the game's creators, and then they broke up, and she got completely cut out of the credits, which is kind of sucky. Ooh, yikes! Um, so just you know, shout out to Sarah Bryn and the work that she contributed toward this game. I'm sorry that she got forgotten. That's really rough. Yeah. Oh boy. And it's it's kind of funny because it's like it's a game about like, you know, all female or feminine characters, and it was entirely like a white male dev team. Well, uh, but you know, I would rather games make the effort to be inclusive. Uh, if if the devs are an entirely white male team, like I think it's cool that you know this is like a there's like a really cool badass heroine in this game, and there are a lot of like characters of color and sort of ambiguously gendered characters. And I would rather have like a really rad game with lots of cool diverse characters than not have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. At least that's my standpoint on it. I know, like, you know, different people have different opinions uh, on that, but... Huh, I did not even hear about that whole thing. I think she, I think she didn't want to, like, um, she didn't want to make a big deal about it. Like, even, even in her Twitter post about it, she, like, specifically did not Said, name the game don't... so that it wouldn't show oh, okay. up in, like, searches for the about the game. That um, makes sense. She called it like the that motorcycle game, uh, um, uh. and she, you know, she specifically says like, you know, like I'm not out to cancel anyone here. I just like this, you know, this was like super not okay with me, and I just wanted people to know that it's a thing. So for 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 yeah. you know, better or for worse, it's good to be informed about the games that you play. Um, yeah, it it does not uh, like. Although it was a shitty thing, it does not affect how much I, like, utterly love this game. Yeah. Um, and I really do. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, as I say, it is what it is. If Honestly, if I, like, refused to play any games that where someone on the dev team was kind of a jerk about something, like, I just, I wouldn't play any games, so. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the unfortunate truth of it, you know. So, eh. Games are made by lots of people. Not all of those people are always like a hundred percent paragons of virtue. So I don't. Yeah, I would. I I don't as, think as anyone know, is ever one hundred percent a paragon. So yeah, as far as I know, there's no, there were no like, you know, major sexual harassment or like severe overwork scandals <laughs> involved in this game. So that already puts it above like a lot of stuff, which is sad, but. I mean, it was a small indie team, so there was definitely severe overwork. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's probably that's probably true. No, you're you're probably right. Um, 
Although there's so far we haven't had any crunch on Wintermore, so you know, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, you're probably right that that is par for the course for most indies. But it's a it's a good freaking game. I love the story about like apparently the the whole like Queen Latifah as the narrator thing was like a one-off like slightly sarcastic comment that the devs made to Annapurna like oh it'd be cool if we could get like someone famous to do the voice and they were like oh like who he's like I don't know like Queen Latifah or somebody and then like a week later it's like hey we set up a meeting for with Queen Latifah for you she can record next week is that cool (laughs) they're like what I like how they even put that into the credits like all of the credits roll and then you think it's over and it just pops up oh also, Queen Latifah did the narration. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great. Yeah, that was cute. Cool. Um, also, guys, Kyla, I will point out that you said there's no there's no crunch on Wintermore, and you started this call with, I just haven't really been sleeping, you guys. No, 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 no. no. But <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been sleeping is not because of Wintermore. Yeah. Like, Wintermore is not the thing that I'm losing sleep over. It's actually, like, my my normal full-time job changed hours recently so i've been having to get up a lot earlier than usual i figured i just like my actual non-game job is the problem i couldn't resist resist making the comparison though (laughs) yeah no i am we have i i will say um like producers are not often the people who are like really given a lot of credit for their work on games right like it's sort of they tend to be a sort of forgotten background person but man like our producer is great and having a good producer is so freaking important because they're the person who makes who like determines whether or not that sort of thing happens to you and like thank god for our producer shout out to our producer jackie who is she's fantastic um and i i saw this recently um on twitter adriel also posted like a shout out to our producer who is amazing kind of thing if you have a good Wait, producer that, you can avoid is that brunch. the jackie that uh that came on when we did about water song yes water song yeah, yeah. okay yeah nice nice yeah good job friend um, of the she... podcast and good producer <laughs> um she's very good and apparently adriel's producer is very good and like it's it's something that's easy to not think about because it's one of those things that if it's if it's going if they're doing their job well you don't think about them very often they kind of fade into the background and if they're not doing their jobs well or if there isn't a producer it can be hard to pinpoint the source of what's going wrong right because it's like oh the problem is you know like this team didn't get their work in on time or the problem is that you know there was miscommunication between this group and this group right so like the the fault seems very distributed and nobody thinks like oh if you had a producer none of these things would be problems because the producer would be managing this yeah yeah and as with oh, anything no. that requires a producer it's like they don't they haven't like made assets that are in the game or they haven't come up with like mechanical shit that's in the game so it's easy to just be like well, what does a producer do? But boy, it howdy! Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't remember how I got onto that tangent, but producers are important. Yeah. I don't know if this team had a good producer or not. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. It's like a five-person team, I think. Um, 
It's a oh, it's it's very local to Sweden, as as evidenced by Carl. You want you want to talk about the picture that you posted in Slack in our Discord? Today? Yeah, I mean, it starts. The game starts off as a small falafel shop, so I kind of googled my way to that. Did you actually go there and take the picture, or you just found the picture? No, that's like hours away. Okay, <laughs> so it's not like uh, like next door to you or anything. But Carl did find uh, a photo of the storefront of the falafel shop that is in the intro to the game, which is kind of amazing. What is it uh, yeah, called? that is really cool. I it just like didn't even occur to me that they would have actually used a real place and then reproduced it so faithfully. Uh, yeah, no, it looks exactly the same. It's really funny. Um, the, I, the, it, the falafel shop has nothing to do with the game. It's just that the, the main character girl like lives over the falafel shop. Um, and so like the, the like opening thing is like a bus pulls up in front of this falafel shop. What's the name of the shop? It starts with an F, I feel like. Um, I'm not scrolling up. Van Hems. Ah. Okay. If you if you ever go to, is it in what is it in, in Malma? Malma. Okay. It's in Malma. If you're in that city, go uh, go and and check it out. It's, get yourself uh, a falafel. Get get yourself a falafel. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about this game? Uh, I don't. Mm, nope. It's utterly rad, and everyone should play it. That is my final thought. Yeah. Just talking about it now makes me want to go play it some more, so that's probably what I'll do Yeah. later today. Ah, I forgot. I didn't even talk about the, like, freaking domino masks that everyone wears. Everyone wears domino masks like it's a goddamn masquerade and like uh, yeah. the Howling Moons have little wolf masks. This game is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Very stylish. It's so good. I'm just looking at screenshots and I'm like, god. It's so, they're so clean and, ah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a good game. Let's talk about the, the next game that we're playing, which is hopefully all a, also a good game. Uh, all of us know very little about it. So, yeah, uh, so less colorful. Yeah, the next less game, colorful. <laughs> the next game we're going to play is West of Loathing, which is, which is made by Asymmetric in two years ago. Maybe? Three? I don't know. 2017. 2017. Oh, wow. And it's... Uh, Stick figure western game with lots of puns. Okay. So um, it's based on a browser game that's like a text adventure MMORPG from the early 2000s. Jeez. Okay. So that was Kingdom of Kingdoms of Loathing? Kingdom of Loathing? Kingdom of Loathing. Okay. We were talking about that game a little bit before the before we started recording um and it's it was apparently like homestuck era pre-homestuck like, yeah a little pre-homestuck era in terms of but in terms of like sort of its humor and mood carl's the only one of us who's actually played that yeah. one so. so i normally i hate puns but this is like over the top 
This is I'm not like, a, this is not a game with puns. This is puns with a game. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm looking at a screenshot, and so there's an item highlighted in the inventory, and the item is plum pudding, and the description is, they call this plum pudding because it's made of goat milk extracted from plump udders. So, that's what we're getting ourselves into. Just okay. that level of everything is a pun. Ah! Oh god, it played It played a trailer and it was very loud. So if that came through... Uh, we, we didn't oops. hear it, so that's probably fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm just worried about the local recording, how local it is. If, I'll, be, I'll be able to see it. If, uh, <laughs> listen, listeners, listeners, so. listeners, if there was a sudden gap in the recording uh, in the past minute or so, it's because Kelso edited out a section where a trailer got really loud. Yeah. All right, there, now you're covered if you need to edit out that section. Nice. Um, Making my job easier. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah. So, from from psychedelic super neon rhythm game to black and white stick figure puns, this might yeah. be a bit of a total jump. We'll see next time if we can find any good like linking themes between <laughs> in our wild hearts and west of loathing. Yeah, that'll be a challenge. I feel, but who knows? It's, maybe it won't. You guys said it was on uh, one of the game passes, maybe. Yeah, it's on right? the Microsoft Game Pass. And on Steam and probably other places. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I got mine on Steam when it was on sale a while back. But even if it's not on sale, I think it's only like $11 or something. Yeah. So. <laughs> too, not too bad. Well, yeah. Actually check the amount of time this takes to beat. Hopefully it's not like crazy long. Oh, yeah. 40 hours. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me let me look really quick. I mean, we're committed to playing it now either way, but we may yeah. we may end up taking an extra week if it ends up being long. It says main story seven and a half, main plus extra twelve hours, completionist eighteen. So that's doable. Okay, we, yeah, we can do that hopefully in our two week if nothing yeah. horrible comes up. Um, yeah. So yeah, so play West of Loathing uh, in the next two weeks, and then we'll come back and talk about it, uh, and you can talk about it with us. Uh, if you would like to, because we love yeah. having guests on the podcast, and if you'd like to do that, all you have to do uh, is play the game and then contact us on Twitter. Uh, Kelso, how can they contact us on Twitter? You can contact us, the collective uh, royal we on Twitter at Feedback Force. Uh, I have to every time I have to like double check and make sure that's it. And yes, it is just at Feedback Force. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, otherwise, you can tweet at me at Kelso Time Bomb if you're like a a big uh, Kingdom of Loathing boy from back in the day, and you want to talk about this game with us. That would be a good guest to have, but not a requirement. The requirements are very low. That's my Twitter. Are you have a microphone so you can record on Discord, and you're free on a Sunday. Yep. Um, we would also encourage you to have played the game we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> so, but we have yeah. made exceptions in the past <laughs> for certain people. Yes. Um, and, uh, if you want to contact me on Twitter, uh, I am at Kyla underscore go. Uh, you can follow me to get, uh, out, um, 
like free form uh, metaphorical descriptions of Sayonara Wild Hearts. Um, and or if you would like to follow the game I'm working on, you can follow at Wintermore TC uh, in order to uh, to find out more about Wintermore Tactics Club coming soon. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at Skug3. Nice. Tweet to Carl about your favorite falafel places. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> Uh yeah. I think that that'll about do it, gang. We did an episode. Congratulations. Wild Hearts. I mean also play West of Loathing, but play Sinar Wild Hearts. Yeah, just do it. It's great. Uh yeah. That's all. Uh, we're gonna Bye. end the episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Really stick the landing. Bye.